to the Prophecy Club. We're going to be talking about Bible prophecy today. I'm going to try to get to Revelation chapter 13, which for a long time was my favorite whole chapter in the whole Bible. However, however, since I memorized the book of Revelation, that has changed. Now I'm going to show you now my favorite chapter, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it ties in to the point that I want to make today. Let's go to Revelation chapter 5. This is now my favorite chapter. I absolutely love this chapter. This is talking about why Jesus is worthy. Why is he worthy to be the Lamb of God? He says, I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within and on the backside and sealed with seven seals. My question is, what is the book? Let me read it again. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside and sealed with seven seals. What is the book that is sealed with seven seals? You wouldn't believe how many people say the book of life, but actually that is not correct. This is the book of judgment. This is the book of judgment that has seven seals. These seven seals are the seven sealed judgments that are opened onto the earth and they spread out over a seven-year period, not necessarily one seal per year. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, out of the backside, and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? In other words, who is without sin? Who can bring judgment on the earth? That's what the angel is saying. And no man in heaven, nor on the earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. In other words, no one is worthy to bring judgment on the earth because everyone has sinned except Jesus. He's the only one. Hang on to that. So we know that that book that only Jesus was able to open is the book of judgment. Stan, how do you know that that's what it's talking about? Because if you go over to the next chapter, Revelation 6, verse 1, it talks about that book, and it says, And I saw when the Lamb, that's Jesus, opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, and one of the fourth four beasts saying, Come and see. That is the start of the tribulation. When that first seal opens, I believe that every ear on the earth, whether they know it or not, understand it or not, whether they even know what it is or not, I believe that every ear on earth is going to hear it. As I said yesterday, Ken Peters said he saw in his dream that it sounded like a long, long, loud horn, and it blasted really loud for a long time. And I believe that that is the opening of the seals. In other words, that is saying that the beast has now ascended out of the bottomless pit, and that beast is not, in other words, the Antichrist is not alive right now. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people send me emails on that. Do you think the Antichrist is alive? No, I do not think he's alive right now. He does not come born of a woman like all the rest of us. Instead, he ascends out of the bottomless pit. And if you get my book, I explain to you who the Antichrist is. You can read all about it. Daniel chapter 4. The whole point of Daniel chapter 4 is to tell us how long the tribulation lasts. It's not three and a half years. It's seven years. And who the Antichrist or who the beast is. Because in Daniel chapter 4, it says, and he was given a beast's heart for seven years. years. Well, who gets a beast's heart? That would be the Antichrist or the beast. So that's what it's talking about here. So the start of the tribulation is the first seal opening. 
and no one has heard a long, loud clap of thunder or it sounds like a horn or a trumpet. No one, it, no one has ever heard that to where every ear on the entire globe all hears it. We have not heard that. So the tribulation has not started. We also know the tribulation has not started because Maurice Scalar saw in that vision and in that vision, and I've read the whole thing, but it said that, no, the beast is not going to be allowed to come onto the earth yet. Now, I wanted to read, and I want to start today in Revelation chapter 13. Now, I'm not flipping through my Bible. I'm flipping through my notes where I wrote this up because, to me, I own these scriptures. I own these scriptures because I wrote them down, because I memorized them. They are in my heart. And as you recall, someplace in the process of that, when I memorized the book of Revelation, I also got the spirit of Revelation, and that was confirmed by Andre Bronkhorst when he came October, or excuse me, August the 8th, I believe it was. might have been August the 7th, I think it was. And he said that God has given you the spirit of Revelation, and basically that I could pass that spirit on to other people, which is why I want you to come to the next Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. That's going to be April 8th through 12 in 2020, and you can get signed up right now. Also, while you're there, Leslie is also going to lay hands on you and anoint you with her, her, her prophetic oil. I'll anoint you with the revelation oil for the spirit of revelation. She will anoint you with her prophetic oil for to receive the anointing of a prophet or the prophetic anointing that does not make you a prophet, but it certainly is a big step in that direction. And then she's going to take you through her school of the prophets. Okay, so let's go to one of the most important chapters in all of the Bible, Revelation 13. This is talking about the world government that is forming. And this is, yes, I know that the idea of men think that that was their idea, but it's not. God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God should be fulfilled. Meaning, this is God's idea to cause the men on the earth to form a world government. Why? So that he can gather them like tares and bring them down to the valleys of Jezreel where they will be burnt. One evening, in the evening tide they are, in the morning tide they are not. In other words, they're all burned with the morning star. The morning star is a light sword that comes out of Jesus' mouth and it destroys both body and soul. Revelation 13, one, one of my favorite chapters. This is John, John the Revelator. John has now been pulled up into heaven. He's in the spirit. He went through a door, and he sees this. I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. That's your world government. Having seven heads, I believe those seven heads are seven continents. I know some people want to say, well, that's the seven hills around the Vatican. Well, if you're talking about Revelation 17, that would be correct. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about world government. Having seven heads and ten horns. In other words, they divide the seven continents into ten global regions. And upon his horns, ten crowns, meaning each one of those global regions has a ruler. And upon his head, the name of blasphemy. Each one of these ten regional rulers blasphemes God. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard. As I said yesterday, the leopard represents the Muslims. We'll leave it at that. And his feet was the feet of a bear. That's Russia. His mouth was at the mouth of a lion. Now, what's missing? Well, if you go back over to Daniel chapter 7, you see that all of those beasts are there except one is missing, and that is the eagle's wings. So we take that to mean that America does not make it as a nation 
into the new world order. So we take that would be that America would fall. And just like Dimitri said, the fall of America would start with an internal revolution started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries will attack and defeat America in one day, in one hour. So great riches will come to naught. Then God will raise up China and Japan and many other nations. They'll go against the Russians. They'll defeat the Russians. They'll back the Russians to the gates of Paris where they sign a peace treaty. I believe that that is the conclusion of World War III and the start of the tribulation. Many people believe that Daniel 9.27 was talking about, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. One week is one Shabuah. Like we say a couple and we mean two, or we like we say a dozen and we mean 12. Shabuah means seven. So we believe that there's a high probability that at the conclusion of World War III, and in the early days of World War III is when America falls, at the conclusion of World War III will be the start of the tribulation, possibly at the very signing of that peace treaty, though we do not know that for certain. Let's go on. His feet were as the feet of a bear, his mouth was as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. So Lucifer allows and causes this world government to come into great power. And I saw one of his heads, that means one of these global rulers, will rise up, and this is confirmed by Daniel also, one of those global rulers will rise up to be the beast. I like calling him the beast better than the Antichrist, but we're talking about the same thing. The only thing is there's two beasts. There's the beast that is the political ruler or the Antichrist, and then there is the false prophet that is the religious beast. So there's two beasts. But when I refer to the beast, most of the time I'm talking about the Antichrist. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, meaning one of these global leaders is wounded in the head, and his deadly wound was healed. Now, it does not say he was shot in the head, does not said, say he was stabbed in the head. Matter of fact, it doesn't say anything about him being wounded in the head. Listen to what it said. And I saw one of his heads. Now, that's not the head of the person. It says, I see one of these global rulers. I saw one of the global rulers as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Let me say that again. Make that clear. Do not look for a global leader or a regional leader of these global, these 10 global regions. Do not look for them to be wounded in the head. It does not say he's going to be wounded in the head. It says one of the global leaders, which is one of the heads, one of the 10 heads, one of the global leaders will be wounded to death. Does not say anything about a head. Don't get If you look for something like that, you, you may miss the whole point, okay? All the world wondered after the beast. Now, I've looked up that word wondered, and that's very, very important. That means when you see the beast, if your name is not already written in the book of life, you're going to be smitten. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be mesmerized. You're going to be, let's say, assaulted in the flesh and by the spirit. You will be assaulted. If you do not already have Jesus in your heart at that time, you will believe the lie as many people will, and be damned. This is the reason he sends the beast. So when he says all the world wondered after the beast, it means that they are shocked. He is so beautiful. 
He is so answering every question. He has all of the solutions. He is like the perfect man. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So this guy is like the epitome of flesh. He's Mr. Perfect. He's Mr. Best Looking, the, the smartest, the best speaker, the most eloquent. He's the everything that everybody wants to be. And there was given to him a mouth speaking great things. Who gave him the mouth? Think about it. Who gave him? I'll read it again. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things. Who gave him the mouth? Answer is Jesus. This is a battle between Jesus and the beast. Either Jesus or God the Father gives him a mouth speaking great things. Now, that's not good things. That's bad things. But it's great things against the Most High meaning that God gives him a specific ability to be able to speak very powerfully, very eloquent, very uh, mesmerizing. And that's the reason I say, if you've not already accepted Jesus by the time you see the beast, you probably will not receive Jesus. Yes, there's going to be a lot of people in those days that receive Jesus, but it's going to be really tough. And there was given to him a mouth, speaking great things. And blasphemies. A blasphemy is a direct attack against God. And power was given to him to continue 40 and 2 months. That's three and a half years, or time, times, and half a time. Meaning he's given the authority to rule the earth for three and a half years. He's on the earth for seven years. It takes him three and a half years to rise to the position of world ruler. Verse 6. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. In other words, he's attacking God. Open his mouth and blaspheme against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. Means this guy is going to stand up and say, this Jesus, and he's going to say all kinds of things bad. This, this church, this Bible, this book, all kinds of things wrong. He's going to see right now, in general, people don't say bad things about Jesus. I mean, even in the worst movies, they don't attack Jesus. They don't attack the Bible. They don't attack the church. They don't attack Christians. I mean, occasion, but very, very rare. This guy, is that's all he's going to do. He's going to attack not just Jesus and God and blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven, but every religion. Now, here's the bad part of this. Verse 7. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth, all... All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Here's what that's saying. He was just given a mouth speaking great things. It does not say anything about war in terms of bullets. It doesn't say anything about a war in terms of missiles or bombs. It's talking about a war of words. And this guy's going to stand up with a supernatural a gift from God, a supernatural mouth, a supernatural ability to battle with his mouth. And it says he is going to make war with the saints. He's going to specifically come against the church, the Christians, everything that's Christian, the Bible, everything, everything, everything. And God is going to allow him to overcome them with his words. And yes, possibly bullets and missiles too. Then it goes on to say what I think is probably one of the the scariest sentence. Matter of fact, I put in my book, these two sentences, these two scriptures are the scariest scriptures in Revelation. I can tell you right up front, I don't like them. But I didn't write the stuff. I'm just a delivery boy. I'll just explain to you what it says. 
It says, If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. What's that mean? He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Means, you turn people over to the beast, turn people over to the new world order, turn people over to the beast army, then you are also going to get turned into captivity. And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with a sword. Or he that kills with a bullet, or he that kills with a machete, or he that kills with a missile, or whatever. In other words, if you kill, you're going to get killed. In other words, it's saying to the Christian, and this is the, the bad part of it, here is the patience and faith of the saints. This is a direct command to the Christians not to fight against the beast or his army. I told you I didn't like it, especially being Texan. You know, we, we want to pick up our shooting iron and, and protect ourselves. But this is the plan of God. And if we do that, we are going against God. So, Stan, what are you saying? What, you mean we're not supposed to fight against them? That's right. Run and hide is your only option when it comes to the beast and his mark. I don't know if you'll have weapons or not. Doesn't make any difference. Let me read it again. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. Remember, the definition for patience in Revelation is different than what you and I understand that word to be. Patience in Revelation means do not quit Jesus. Do not walk away. Do not throw up your hands. Do not surrender. Patience means stick with Jesus. That's the reason it says you lead into captivity, you go into captivity. You kill, you get killed. And here's the patience from faith of the saints, meaning you got to stick with me. This is my plan. Don't walk away. Don't kill people. Don't report people. You got to stick with me. Verse 11. And I beheld and another beast coming up out of the earth. This is the religious beast, false prophet, coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon. Now, in my opinion, I believe that this is talking about the Catholic Pope. Now, let me also just give you a disclaimer. I know there's a lot of good Christians that are Catholics. And I think we will get to heaven. We're going to look around. We're going to say, hey, man, where's that great big minister? He didn't make it in. On the other hand, I believe we're going to turn around and we'll look and see, man, how'd you make it in? <laughs> we're going to be shocked at some people that get in. Well, I believe there's a lot of good Catholics out there that do love our Lord. And they are going to be faithful to death. So don't run down the Catholics. Yes, their Catholic church has some things wrong with it. But so does the church that my wife and I minister in. I mean, we all have wrong. So, yeah, yes, understand. Yes, it's probably the Pope is probably going to be the false prophet. Probably this Pope, according to lots of reasons, which I'm not getting in today. But probably this Pope. But need not worry. I pretty confident in saying it's going to be at least some pope. If not this one, the next one. I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth, and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast. You got that? Okay, so the false prophet, probably, if it's not the current pope, the next one. Again, don't blame Catholics. The Catholics just get their church hijacked. Okay, It's not that they wanted this, so don't blame Catholics. Don't beat up on the Catholics. They're not perfect, but my church isn't either, and your church isn't either. Okay, So don't throw rocks. He exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and he causeth the earth and them to dwell therein to worship the first beast. So the false prophet 
turns around and says, look, this guy right here, he's the man God. He is the real Christ. He's the real Messiah. Everybody got to worship him. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is what the Bible says. And he that doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. What's that? That's a miracle. Bible says it's a great wonder. See, in these last days, the devil is going to use great signs and wonders and miracles, but they're lying signs, wonders, and miracles. And the devil uses them to tear people away from Christ, and Jesus is going to use great miracles to pull people to him. It's the great end-time preach-off. It's the great end-time battle between Elijah and the prophets of Baal, except for this time it's between Jesus and Lucifer, between the two witnesses and the beast and the false prophet and the holy of holies. There's a great end-time battle between light and darkness, between good and evil. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, probably some kind of laser display coming out of satellite systems, but who knows? Whatever it is, we're not going to be deceived by it. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the first beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Now, here's one of the big mysteries. What is the image? Well, the truth is we don't exactly know, but I believe it's probably going to be a clone. It's probably going to be a half-man, half-alien genetically, and it's probably going to be half-man linked into the new QFS computer system, and it will have all known knowledge. From It's going to tell you that, too, that I have all human and alien knowledge, whatever they call them, whether they call them aliens or not at that time, I don't know. But this image then is going to speak. And this image is going to require everybody to worship the, the Antichrist, the first beast. And he had power to give life into the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause, as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. What exactly is it? What, it doesn't make any difference. We're going to be able to spot it. When you see something that is saying you got to worship another man, that's wrong. And any Christian is going to be able to spot that quickly. We don't worship other humans. And they're going to be able to say, this is the man God. This is the Messiah. Everybody's got to worship him. If you don't worship him, you're going to be killed. And when I get into talking about my new book, I will come back and elaborate on some things I'm not telling you now. There's some some very important things that I have that I'm not sharing right now. But again, it's it's you should have seen the crowd in Evansville. I mean, their eyes were as big as silver dollars. Their mouths were dropped open. It's like, I never thought of that. Oh, man. And I don't know, but they said that they people went back clawing at the book table buying my new book. Verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. That's three things. Let me read that again. No one might buy or sell, save he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is a number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Now, according to Ken Peters, he said the mark of the beast looked like that yellow Mexico sun, and it was placed between the, in the web of the thumb, between the thumb and the forefinger. It was placed right there. It was about the size of a nickel, maybe a quarter. And he said that within the yellow sun, it had a picture of another hand with another picture of that 
where it was placed on the hand, between the forefinger and the, the web of the thumb. And he said that was the mark of the beast. It was either on the right hand or the forehead. He said he didn't see anything about a chip. He only saw the mark. And now that's one of the things. But you have to understand there's actually four things that can send you to hell. The mark, the name of the beast, and the number of his name. But what's the other one? That is his image. And I beheld, and I saw a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that got victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. That's four things. It's not just a mark. You can't take the mark. You can't take the name of the beast, the number of his name, or worship his image. Now, worshiping his image may mean that you don't get any mark on you at all. You just simply bend the knee to the image of the beast, and then you will spend all eternity burning with Lucifer, the beast, and the false prophet. Yeah, how do you know that? Well, the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, which wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them that had worshipped the beast and his image, and whosoever received the mark of his name. These both were cast alive in the lake of burning with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, let's skip on over. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake, burning with fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be tormented day and night forever. There's only three groups of people in all of human history. Those people whose names are in the book of life, those people whose names are not in the book of life, and those people that take the mark of the beast. Because whosoever was name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So either you're in the book, that's group one, not in the book and you're destroyed, that's group two, or group three, you take the mark of the beast and you spend all eternity tormented with no hope of exit with the beast, the false prophet, and Lucifer. Only three groups of people. And that goes all the way back to Adam. And that's true. Only three groups of people. And brothers and sisters, if there's anything you don't want to do, it's take that mark of the beast. Let me just talk from the heart for just a second. Two years ago, I memorized the book of Revelation. And in the process, I've got 30 revelations. That means all of a sudden I got wisdom from on high. I understood and I saw things more powerfully, more deeply than I ever had before. I got 30 revelations and two visions and one audible voice. One of the visions, I saw two books. One was the Torah on the left. The other one was the book of Revelation. In between those two books was a yellow square corridor. And it was like the color of a stick of butter, but it wasn't butter. It was a time tunnel. And I was made to know that the word first fruits is a secret door that links the Torah, specifically the feasts of Moses, to the prophecies of Revelation. And for the first time in human history, that's the reason I know that you do not have, you do not know, it has not been revealed to you the things that are in my book. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I'm saying that because God is preparing his people. He's preparing you to be a part of his end-time prophecy-teaching, miracle-working army. If you want to be part of that, then I'd recommend you get my book. You read that book, not just casually. It's not a casual read book. It is a reference book. You get that book, and you read it thoroughly and deeply. One for 20, don't do that. Five for 30, 10 for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. Get it and read it and study it, and it will answer your questions about Bible prophecy.
God has called this ministry to win thousands upon thousands, to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. If you love Prophecy Club, you are a watchman. Thus, you are called to be part of this end-time army, and you should be at this crusade. I will teach through my two prophecy charts, talk on Miss the Mark, lay hands on and anoint you with four milliliters of Revelation oil for you to receive the same Revelation spirit I received when I memorized the book of Revelation. Leslie will teach on her school of the prophets, lay hands on you and anoint you with her prophetic oil to receive the prophetic anointing to hear the voice of God more clearly. Registration fee $300. Do not doubt whether God has called you to be at this crusade. Be like Caleb and believe God to provide the funds and the days off to attend. If you love Prophecy Club, that is your confirmation to come. The Holy Spirit gave you that desire. Pray and God will provide the ways and the means. This is a supernatural meeting to prepare you to walk supernaturally in the supernatural days of tribulation. So use your supernatural faith to come. April 8 through 12, 2020 at the Hyatt Regency in Richardson, Texas. That's in the DFW area. Go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com and register. Sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com The registration fee increases the closer we get to the crusade. The easiest way to listen and watch Prophecy Club YouTube videos is to download our free app from the App Store. 